Hey, what's up, you guys, and welcome back to the Televised Podcast. My name is Anna, and today we're going to be talking about what ended up happening at DC FanDome. Uh, obviously, in my last episode, I talked about what to expect from Supergirl and Batwoman and, you know, all of our favorite uh, DC TV shows at DC FanDome. But then I think DC and Warner Brothers, uh, they decided that... It would be way too much to try and get everybody to watch everything all in one day, and I'm sure that they didn't want headlines to be buried, especially, you know, when it comes to things like this new Batwoman that they have to convince people about, um, you know, anything for Supergirl, uh, just just stuff that people would want to watch and they don't want, I guess they didn't want people to be torn. Uh, between the two, so they split it up into this past weekend was DCEU, uh, like DC Extended Universe stuff, um, and then also DC Games. There were two game reveals, uh, Gotham Knights and then uh, Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League, um, so that was interesting. I'm not a big gamer, so I wasn't super interested in that, so that won't be talked about here. Uh, sorry. (laughs) But, um, I am gonna go through basically everything that happened this weekend. I want to talk about the trailers that we saw because they were so good, um, and I was so impressed by some of them and, and kind of disappointed by others, um, and also just talk about some miscellaneous news. So, just so you know, obviously we had DC TV Flash this weekend. I'm not going to talk about that panel because I don't watch The Flash. Um, but there, the rest of DC TV will be happening September 12th in the exact same kind of way. Go to dcfandom.com to watch and to enjoy. Uh, so it's it was interesting. I was kind of, I was really shocked that they pulled you know basically pulled TV from the whole event, um, besides the Flash, um, but it was, I think it worked out for the best, you know, because they could just have everybody watching the same stuff, you know, you don't have to worry about people, um, not paying attention to what they wanted people to pay attention to, so I am really excited to talk about all this stuff, um, also just a quick heads up, I broke my elbow. So, I'm going to try to have to edit this as little as possible. I apologize if there's, like, weird pauses or whatever. I just, <laughs> I, I broke my my elbow and it's hard to use my right hand and I am right-handed. So, I just want to keep the editing as simple as possible for me. So, I'm going to try and get through this without having to do any kind of editing. But if you do hear any, like, weird pauses or things like that, hopefully... Um, it won't be too, too horrible for you. I kind of try to leave those in anyway, just because it makes it feel more organic, but anyway. Um, so yeah, I'm excited. Let's talk about the first thing that happened at DC Fandom, which was the Wonder Woman 1984 panel. It was so great. It was so awesome to see the whole cast together. Obviously, we won't get a real, you know, quote-unquote real press tour from them. It'll all be virtual. Um, you know, unless we can miraculously get our shit together by October, it'll all be virtual press tours and stuff, which does suck. Um, but it was so nice to see everybody there, see Patty, uh, Gal, Kristen Wiig, Pedro Pascal, um, Chris Pine. It was really cool to see everybody there. And then, of course, the big surprise, which was Linda Carter showing up. That was so incredible because I, you know, like everybody else, love Linda Carter, love what her show was. 
love what she did for the superhero genre. Just, she's incredible. She's literally such an incredible human being. Obviously, we loved her on Supergirl. She played President Marsden a couple seasons ago. Um, so yeah, it was, it was a really great panel. It was such a great way to kick off the event because it kind of set the tone for the rest of it. You're kind of like so hyped up from Wonder Woman that you're just like, wow, I cannot wait to see what's next. Um, so let's talk about Wonder Woman. They, in the trailer, there was some Themyscira flashbacks, like young Diana. I wonder if we'll see the return of, um, uh... Antiope. Uh, I could I, I could not think of her name for the life of me. Um, Robin Wright as Antiope. Um, I really hope we see her back because she was a highlight for me of the first one. Um, and obviously, if we're talking about the past, then she wouldn't be, you know, dead in the past. Mm. Um, so we see a lot of new kind of powers from Diana. We see like, you know, obviously shows of strength that we've, we've seen before. And but then we see her, um, using her lasso to like like grapple between lightning strikes which was insane because obviously you know she's like daughter of zeus or whatever so you know she she's kind of got those insane powers which is so cool um and then we see that max lord was actually revealed in this trailer to be either the president or working at the white house um, I, I don't know if, if maybe he's the White House press secretary because he was standing in front of the White House press thing, or if he's literally the president of the United States in this movie. Um, but in the first trailer, we did not see him at the White House, so it seems like it's kind of a businessman turned president situation, which obviously is very familiar, uh, if you live in America. Um, and obviously he's not a great man, so... <laughs> And then we see Steve Trevor coming back, which is amazing. He clearly is there for some comic relief. He's a great character. I love Chris Pine, especially. He was, a, you know, obviously the chemistry between the two of them was a standout from the first movie, and that's, I'm sure, why they brought him back. I'm really, really curious to see how it happened. Obviously, I feel like Max Lord is somehow involved because of his voiceover in both the first and the second trailer. Um, and then my highlight of this entire trailer was Kristen Wiig. Not just the cheetah reveal, which I'll talk about in a minute, but just her presence and her, her energy as just Barbara Minerva, you know, like, obviously we've seen her be such an incredible comedic actress and just knock it out of the park as, you know, with her comedy, she is hilarious, but you know, to see her take on this role that is clearly very serious, you know, she's talking about how she wants to be an apex predator, she's, you know, you know, she's, like, struggled in her life, she's like, Diana, you get everything you want, I get nothing, I'm just so excited to see what she does, because I know that she can be an incredible dramatic actress, and I just, I think this is awesome. I, I was a little, like, confused. Not necessarily confused, but curious about her casting at first. Um, not that I ever really doubted that she could do it, because I know that she can. But, but just to see her in action, in this action movie, like, being so physical in the trailer. Not even just when she was Cheetah, but just, you know, her and, and Diana have that face-off. And when she's wearing, like, the Cheetah print skirt. 
I'm just really, really excited to see exactly what she does in this movie because I think this could kind of start a new chapter for Kristen Wiig in her career, which is something that's really exciting for me as a fan of hers and something that's really cool, you know, to have this actress bring something else to the table um, who, you know, like I said, is, we all know is obviously very funny, but to see her bring the action and the drama is just really cool. Um, and of course, that look at Cheetah. I was shocked. I didn't think that we would see Cheetah until we sat our butts in the theaters, genuinely. Um, but I guess because, like, the Funko Pops are out now, like, and they had tried to hide them for a long time, but I have the Pops sitting on my desk. Um, and so they're like, you know what? Let's just tease it. Let's do it. And I love her look. I love the look. I love how, because people were like, oh my god, it's cats all over again. No, it's not. If you look at her legs, like her bottom legs, it, like, it has, like, those, like, thick, like, thighs that, like, cheetahs have, you know what I mean? And the way that her hair looks and the way that the, like, spots on her face look, she just looks so incredible and she looks scary. And that's the thing, too, like, you don't want these uh, comic book characters and the way that they look to look ridiculous. I'm going to talk about that later when we talk about the Suicide Squad. Um, but you don't want these characters to look ridiculous. You want them to look grounded and you want them to look believable. And especially for a character like Cheetah, who is literally a woman Cheetah person, you want her to look scary. And so I was just thrilled. I... I am so excited to see that on the big screen. Everybody, wear your masks. I'm not watching Wonder Woman at home. Wear your damn mask, and then we could see it in the theater. I am not watching it at home. Um, but I also loved when we saw that fight scene, Diana says, Barbara, what did you do? And it makes me really excited because that makes me, you know, it makes me believe, as well as that lunch date scene that we saw in the first one, you know, that Diana's going to have a real close relationship with Barbara throughout this movie. And I'm just really excited to see what kind of dynamic they have, because that can be so heartbreaking for Diana. You know, not only in the first one, you know, she dealt with losing Steve while being a hero, but this time she's losing a friend to a villainous, like, lifestyle or whatever. I think it's really cool. I'm excited about that. I'm, I'm really intrigued to see. And at first, I didn't really like the gold suit but now I'm actually really digging it. I love the gold suit. It looked so incredible during that fight scene at the end of the trailer. I'm really excited to see what it looks like just throughout the rest of the movie, and I'm really excited to see how Diana even gets it, you know? Like, that's one thing that I absolutely adored about this trailer, is that I still basically know nothing about the movie. We all don't know what the plot is. We don't know what's gonna happen, and that's perfect. That's exactly what trailers are supposed to do. I feel like most of the time, you know, trailers become too revealing and then they show you too much and then you can't enjoy the movie because you already know what's happening. But this was a perfect trailer. I still, you know, like I said, I have no idea what's going on. I'm just so thrilled about that. <laughs> so I'm excited to see exactly what's going to happen with that. Now we're going to talk about The Suicide Squad. So I'm really happy that it's not a reboot. I was kind of worried that it was like uh, a reboot. Like, I, uh, you know, it's just exhausting to like watch DC reboot itself every like two years. 
Um, but it's not. So I'm actually really excited about that. Like, Viola Davis is back as Amanda Waller. Um, Joel Kinnaman is back as Rick Flagg. Margot Robbie, obviously, is back as Harley Quinn. And Jay Courtney is back as Captain Boomerang. And then there's a whole list of people in this movie. It is a stacked, insanely crowded movie. Michael Rooker as Savant. Flula Borg as Javelin. David Desmokillen? Sorry about your name. Um, as Polka Dot Man, which is a character that I never thought I would ever see. Ever. Ever. I, I mean, I play as him on my DC Lego Supervillains game, but I never thought I'd ever see him as a live-action character. That is insane to me. Anyway, um, so then we have Daniela Melquire as Ratcatcher 2. I want to know what happened to Ratcatcher 1. That's the real question. Uh, Idris Elba as Bloodsport, not as Deadshot, which a lot of people thought because people, you know, originally were thinking that this was going to be a reboot. Um, King Shark is going to be in this movie as well. And then Mei Ling as Mongol, Peter Capaldi as The Thinker, Alice Braga as Sosria. Pete Davidson as Blackguard, Nathan Fillion as TDK, Sean Gunn as Weasel, John Cena as Peacemaker. So I like how they're staying similar to the Suicide Squad, or to the original Ayer Suicide Squad, um, in, like, the marketing. Because they've got, like, the little symbols, you know, that, like, match, you know, because they did that with the skulls and the other one. I like that. I like that they're kind of showing, like, yeah... It's in the same, it's the next one. It's the next one without just saying Suicide Squad 2. You know, like, it's the Suicide Squad. I'm excited. Um, but I hope it's a better movie than the first one. <laughs> the main issue I had with the original Suicide Squad is that the first half of the movie just felt like, and here's Deadshot, and here's Harley Quinn, and here's this person, and here's this person, and here's how they got here. It just was, it was like a slideshow of characters, and then the plot never fully came together. I don't think it even had a plot. It just didn't work. <laughs> and so I just hope that this one can succeed, and um, even though there's even more characters in this movie, I'm kind of concerned about that. But in the behind-the-scenes thing, they said it was more like a 70s war movie meets comic book heroes, which I'm really excited about. I'm, I'm so intrigued to see. I hope that, Mar um, that Margot Robbie's Harley Quinn has a huge role in it, because obviously she is the most anticipated character, at least, you know, in my opinion, to see in the next movie. And I loved her new costume. I'm just really excited to see what they do with this character. And I hope that they don't backtrack on the progress that was made in Birds of Prey. Harley, um, Margot Robbie would never let that happen, but I just hope that uh, James Gunn, you know, wrote her in line with Birds of Prey because that movie was incredible, obviously, for Harley Quinn and her growth and stuff, so I hope that we see that. So then we see a trailer for Justice League, the Snyder Cut. I'm just gonna say it. Darkseid looks awful. <laughs> he looks terrible. Oh my god. Everybody was like, oh my god, look at Darkseid. I don't want to look at him. He looks terrible. It just looks so bad. The CGI on him looks so bad. And I know that it's probably not done, but why would they put it in if it's not done? It just looks horrible. 
And so the whole first half of this trailer is just footage that we've already seen before. Apart from Darkseid, all of this was in the original trailer from 2016 that just didn't make it into Whedon's cut. Even some of it did, but I distinctly remember, you know, like you can look up the first trailer for Justice League and see half of those scenes, or actually probably all of them, you know, like the cyborg playing football, Batman looking at the projection of Superman, all of those scenes, seen them before. I am excited to see, like, more of Mera and and more of Lois and more of Iris, because we didn't even see her in Whedon's cut, so I, I'm excited for that. Um, the different different look for Steppenwolf is definitely interesting. You know, he looks shinier. I don't know. It, <laughs> um, I just... The thing about this movie is that it looks just as pretentious and awful as Batman vs. Superman. <laughs> Which is why I'm so glad that he's not in charge of anything anymore. Like, listen, I just am not a Snyder fan. I don't like his movies. I can't stand his take on Superman. I just don't like it. (laughs) And I just... I. The thing is that he just... Everything is so pretentious and so, like, in your face. And so deep and so dark and so this and so that. And like, yeah, that works for characters like Batman. That works for them. That works for him. He's broody and he's dark and he is pretentious and he's, you know, all of those things. But for Superman, that just does not work that well. That's why, like, the Christopher Reeves ones were so successful because that's who Superman is. He's your friend. He's he's your best friend. He's, you know, the man that lives next door that would help you uh, carry your groceries in. You know, he's that kind of person. And I just feel like the tone that Snyder has had for this whole entire time, it just, it's not Superman, it's just, and this movie, the the four-part, four-hour-long thing, it's just ridiculous. And I, I hate, especially, that this is kind of being put out, because people are always like, let directors do whatever they want, but are you gonna sit and watch a four-hour-long movie if it went to the theaters? No, you're not. You're not. Don't even lie. You're not gonna do that. You're not gonna do that. It is ridiculous. (laughs) Like, there is a reason that studios chop up movies. There's a reason that studios mess with movies and yes sometimes it's for the worst but also sometimes it's for the better because sometimes movies don't need to be so goddamn long if avengers endgame wasn't you know like the pinnacle of the past 10 years i swear to god nobody would be as excited about it like three hour long movie that was already way too goddamn long it didn't even need to be that long And now here we are again with another movie that goes on and on and on forever and just is like so pretentious and so deep and so dark and so annoying and nobody's gonna crack a smile. (laughs) It's like the, it's like the Kristen Stewart Bella of superhero movies. It's ridiculous. Anyway, now we're going to talk about another movie that's really dark, but the thing is that it fits this character. We're talking about the Batman And I kind of like this grounded approach that's being taken with this film. I'm really excited, like, having the Riddler be a serial killer instead of, like, a goofy guy who can hypnotize people is so interesting to me. Like, Pattinson's suit is also just everything. It looks so good. Like, it's believable. That's the thing is, like, it's believable. I believe that that guy built that suit. 
And I believe that that guy could be running around today, you know, because sometimes, like, especially if you look at, like, Michael Keaton's Batman or especially, like, Clooney's Batman with the nipples on it. I just don't believe that those guys are running around today, <laughs> you know what I mean? And so I think that makes this this film feel so grounded and believable. And and people also have been complaining about Pattinson's hair in the trailer at when he's Bruce Wayne, like how it's down and it looks greasy and he looks like Tobey Maguire from Spider-Man 3. And while all of that is true, I like it. I mean, even though Bruce is like, yes, he's rich and he's a public figure, but I feel like he's more of like a... Uh, like a, not like a myth, but like he's, I don't, he's not the socialite that, you know, um, that Batfleck was, you know, he's not, it's, that's not who this Bruce Wayne is. He's not rubbing elbows with everybody. He's not Michael Keaton having parties at, at Wayne Manor. It's, I feel like he's just like a weird loner. And I feel like people in Gotham probably like either like pity him for the loss of his parents or they just like hate him out of like jealousy and spite or whatever. So I'm really intrigued to see exactly how this happens and I was so excited especially to see Selena Kyle. I love that this is like, you know, another origin story for her, but I hope it's a bit different um especially from, you know, iconic portrayals like Michelle Pfeiffer or like Eartha Kitt. Um, and I especially love that when Bruce takes off his helmet, he still has the panda eyes. I feel like that is something that should be implemented into every single character who wears a mask, that when you take off the mask, you shouldn't just not have your circles around your eyes. <laughs> it was like Rain on Supergirl. They kept the eyeshadow from that she wears under her mask. I loved that because... That makes sense in the real world, like in Batman Returns. <laughs> in Batman Returns, he takes off his mask and he doesn't have the paint anymore and it doesn't make any sense. Um, but it, it just looks great. It looks dark. It's like a psychological thriller. I'm just really excited to see Bruce be a detective and just, you know, unlike most portrayals of him where he's just a brute who, like, beats people up, I'm really excited to see him be kind of, you know, this, like, weird loner guy who just, like, solves crime and just, you know, like, beats the hell out of people. I'm excited. <laughs> I'm really excited about it. I'm, I think Robert Pattinson is the casting choice of the year, like, of the decade, of the millennia. I, I think he's perfect for Bruce Wayne. I, I'm excited. Um, so there's some other miscellaneous stuff that I want to talk about really quick. Um, so Christina Hodson, uh, the main writer for Birds of Prey along with Margot Robbie, but Christina did basically the, the most of the, you know, screenplay for the movie. She wrote the Flash movie, which is really exciting for me. Like, I was really iffy about this Flash movie, especially because it's going to be Flashpoint, and that is going to be so hard when we barely even know this Flash. But I'm excited about it because I have so much faith in Christina. She wrote such a kick-ass movie with Birds of Prey. Such a great movie. I, I just, I have all the faith in her, and I'm really, really excited to see her come back to DC and do this Flash project. Um... And like we all thought, you know, it'll be Flashpoint, and it will also feature Batfleck as well as Michael Keaton's Batman. Um, 
The Flash will be getting a new suit, which was clearly inspired by DC TV Flash after meeting uh, to, during Crisis, which is really cool how they're incorporating that, because um, the Flash from the movies gets his name from DC TV Flash, and then will also obviously have a suit inspired by him. Um, Jim Lee confirmed that the DCEU actually was the one to reach out to Greg Berlanti and the CW um, to make that Ezra cameo happen in Crisis. So I feel like, as I had said before in my Crisis recap, I think it was um, episode four of my Crisis recaps, um, I think they were filming for the Flash movie that day as well. So definitely check out that episode to kind of hear more of my thoughts about that. Um, but And then Black Adam is another movie that was teased at the event. Um, no trailers really or anything, just kind of concept art with some voiceover by uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson. It'll feature the Justice Society of America, which um, I guess kind of rules out Shazam as having a major role. Because I feel like JSA is always kind of a thing of the past, like Hawkman, you know, all of those characters. <laughs> Uh, you know, it feels like they're always in the past. Maybe that's just Legends of Tomorrow influencing me on that, but I feel like maybe this, this movie will take place, you know, like, in the past, like, in the 60s or something like that, when Black Adam is finally released from his prison. We'll see, though. Um, Aquaman 2 is said to be more grounded, which makes me sad. I, I loved the Shakespearean vibes of the first one. Um, it was so melodramatic. It was so over the top. I just, I loved it, but I am excited for the next one. Ocean Master will return, and I guess it'll be a culturally relevant story, um, probably to do with climate change, kind of like the first one, but maybe not. I don't know. Who knows what else they'll kind of sneak into this movie, but... I'm, intri I'm intrigued. And we also briefly heard from Javicia Leslie on what her thoughts are about stepping into um, Batwoman's boots uh, during the Boss Women of Color panel, which uh, she said means so much to her. There was also an interview released on The Hollywood Reporter just today that stated that there will be a new Batwoman suit, which is really exciting. So this further adds to my theory that Kate will return and will have two bat women. I'm excited. Um, and there was also some tidbits that were released because somebody found a leaked casting video. All the names were changed, but I'm going to talk about it as if they weren't. Um, <laughs> uh, so basically, it's assumed that they were casting for Sophia Sohail um, and how she is confessing to Alice that she didn't kill her. In the script, it says brother, but everybody's like, duh, it's Kate. Like, who didn't kill your sister, Kate. And she also says that she can bring Kate back. Um, and then Caroline Dre Dry Dries? Caroline Dries <laughs> talked a bit on the Legacy of the Bat panel. And she just said that they're, they were excited to make history and bring Ryan into this universe. She said Ryan doesn't fit with the other heroes. And it'll be her season arc to figure out what wearing the suit means to her. Batwoman still has that uphill battle that I talked about to face because I definitely was kind of like still on, you know, kind of, I'm not quite there. I'm still lukewarm about Batwoman season two. I, I am. I, <laughs> I can't help it. Um, I'm, I'm just still, you know, not quite there yet. So they definitely still have that uphill battle to face when it comes time for, um, for DC Fandom on September 12th. I'm, I'm really intrigued to see what'll happen on the panel. I hope that, 
Um, like I said, I hope that maybe we have some pictures by then because they had said in the Hollywood Reporter article that Javicia hasn't even seen her new suit yet. Maybe by that time they'll have, you know, the suit and they'll have a picture of her in the suit because she's in Vancouver already. So who knows? We'll have to see. Um, Supergirl will not have a panel, but David Harewood and Nicole Maines, uh, they'll be on a DC Comics diversity panel on September 12th. Um, that'll be interesting. I was really surprised that Supergirl did not have a bigger presence at this, but it makes sense, uh, you know, because, <laughs> you know, Melissa, you know, having to deal with a baby and, and Kyler, she clearly just has no Wi-Fi. <laughs> She has horrible connections, so that wouldn't work out very well. Um, Katie doesn't do internet, you know, and that's the that's the se- that's the series like three biggest people, so it would be kind of weird to have a panel without them. But it's still very surprising that there's no Supergirl panel at this damn thing. <laughs> but maybe I mean we'll see. Maybe there'll be a surprise panel, and we'll all be very surprised. Who knows? Um, and then. When we actually do uh, the episode talking about Batwoman, I will be having Eliana back as a guest, and I'm really excited about it. I'll have better audio this time. It'll be <laughs> it'll be more enjoyable, um, but I'm really excited about it. I'm excited to to talk to her and see how she feels, especially you know, like I said, after this kind of uphill battle that they have to face at the panel. Hopefully, we'll all be feeling a little relieved. Hopefully, we'll get some good information because obviously, like I said in my previous episode, the whole entire cast is going to be there. I'm super, super interested to see what is going to happen. Um, and that is all that I have today. I tried to make this uh, DC fandom, the 24 hours of DC fandom in 24 minutes, and I did it basically. Um, <laughs> if you discount the intro, then um, then it's 24 minutes. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so thank you guys so, so much for listening. Let me know what your favorite parts of DC fandom were this weekend. Let me know if you, uh, are really excited about the next panel that's gonna happen, the next events that are gonna happen, and don't forget to like, subscribe, rate, share, leave me a comment. You could tweet me at TelevisedPod and let me know what you think, and I will see you guys next time. Bye!